Once upon a time, in a faraway land, I woke up and realized I am going to be a dentist. Said like no one ever. These are the real stories, not fairy tales. As we go behind the smiles, this is a podcast where we interview and chat with some of the biggest leaders in dentistry, learn their stories, and share their motivation with your host, Dr. Gina Dorfman. Today's podcast is brought to you by Yappy, an automated paperless software for dentists and their teams. Learn more at yappyapp.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Smiles. Today, I am here with one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. Tim Rao. Tim is a practicing dentist in Hollister, California, and one of the co-founders of the Dental Authority Marketing. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you today? Great, Gina. So happy to be on the show with you, and thank you for having me. Of course. Um, You know, I want to dive right in because I have so many questions for you about building a practice on high-value niche procedures and authority marketing. But before we begin, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey in dentistry from, you know, studying in the Air Force Academy to becoming a dentist and and eventually, you know, opening three practices, the practice management company, moving to California, and pretty much all within like, what, five years? Okay, so at age 22, when I had my whole life planned before me, I was going to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force, I was going to have a blonde haired wife and five kids <laughs> and probably ride a uh, sport bike, motorcycle really fast. Um, all that got taken away. So every, everything got, the rug got pulled out from under me and I spent a lot of time in hospitals, a lot of time in doctor's offices and I had to redefine who I was and where I was going. At that point, my identity was kind of founded in this dream and this vision, which felt very real. I never considered myself smart enough to be, uh, to go to professional school. I didn't think I was, you know, medical school or dental school or law school quality. But then I started looking at, you know, well, what does it take? What are the grades you have to have? You know, what are these tests you have to do? And I thought, well, what the heck, let's go for it. Um, talked to different healthcare providers and the, and I went and visited a friend who's a dentist in uh, Utah. And I remember this so, so well, he had a CEREC and this is, you know, like 2003 or something like that. Wow. And, I, and that was really cool, right? I'd never wow. heard of anything like this. He's designing crowns and he's showing me. And of course it's like the old Vita blocks and they looked okay, but I thought it was really neat. The other thing that stood out to me was that in between every patient, he went back into his private office and he closed the door. And in his private office, he had like a dozen guitars, electric guitars, acoustic guitars. And he plugged into this amp and just started jamming. (laughs) (laughs) That was cool. That increased the coolness factor of dentistry. Oh, totally. And then then he said, yeah, and I don't work Fridays either. I'm like, I'm thinking like, okay, this guy's doing digital, you know, digital crowns and doing technology. He's talking to his patients, shooting the breeze, hanging out. He's wearing scrubs. He's super relaxed, jamming on his electric electric guitar and working four days a week. Uh, Yeah, I could do this. Sign me up for this. So that that launched me. That was that was when everything was a go. Um, So yeah, I went to dental school at Marquette. And um, that's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is 
you know, a totally different place. And um, the first year I was there, it did not get above single digits in January, the temperature. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I wanted to transfer schools. Um, and I called all the schools in California and Arizona and Florida and asked them to transfer me because I was too cold uh, to keep <laughs> keep going to school in Wisconsin uh, and none of them wanted to do a transfer for me. So that was really sad. So I stayed at Marquette and uh, at that time I, is when I got introduced to dental town. That's when I first got acquainted with you uh, with other people who influenced me at that time in my career, which is Ryan Swain, who, uh, you know, was dental town famous right. and uh, Scott Luna, who's, you know, who has, enemies and fans all over the industry. Uh, these are the guys who were new grads when I was a first year dental student and they were posting their stories on dental town. Um, and so that, that influenced me a lot. I remember just sitting in the SIM lab, carving on wax teeth, listening to Howard Ferran's 30 day MBA uh, <laughs> and Rick Kushner's lean and mean series. So I was, I got exposed to all of that early in dental school, which shaped me big time. Yeah, that shaped me a lot. Um, so I, I hit the ground running right after school. I had my loan and my lease ready to go the day I graduated for my startup. Wow. Yeah, in Albuquerque. That grew big. I got a second office that got big. And I, I did a practice management company with Vicki McManus of Productive, Productive Dentist Academy. And we managed five offices or maybe six in Wisconsin. Um, plus the two I had in Albuquerque. So I think at one point we had eight offices we were managing. Um, Our relationship with that fizzled uh, just because I was doing different stuff. Um, But then, and you're familiar with this story, then in 2014 at the peak of, you know, my dental empire, uh, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer and, and she was still living in California where I grew up. Um, and so again, you know, at age 22, my world kind of shifted. And then again, at, uh, gosh, this is 2014, I was tw- uh, 33. Uh, it happened again. Every, my whole vision for everything was laid out. I had the, the plan was in the works and it was happening and it was a go. And I got slapped across the face with reality again. Um, at that time I said, well, what the heck am I doing living in New Mexico God bless New Mexico, but it's not California, and it certainly isn't where my family and loved ones were. Uh, You know, what is the point of this successful dental business and doing all this stuff if I'm not near my loved ones and I'm not, uh, you know, it felt like I was, I had, you know, I wasn't living the life that I wanted to live if I was at, on my deathbed and looked back. I, I realized I needed to make some changes. Wow. Well, yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. So that's what I did. Now I'm back in California, right up the street from you. Only a <laughs> probably five-hour drive. Yeah. Very close. I should show up for dinner. <laughs> you should. Absolutely. Yes. Just give me a, a little bit of a heads up so I can actually cook something. Well, babushka won't cook. <laughs> 
Um, okay, I, I mean, this is, this is quite incredible. Now, your practice here in California is very different um, from your practices in New Mexico. There you had, um, you know, multiple practices, associates. Uh, was it a high volume uh, pra- or the, both practices were they high volume or were they? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was essentially the Scott Luna breakaway PPO monster practice where the more new patients you could get a month, the better, right? So, you know, combined between the two practices, we were close to 300 new patients a month, most months. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, extended hours, open at 7 a.m., close at 7 p.m., open some Saturdays, give away a bunch of free whitening, accept everyone's insurance. I mean, that was, that was the strategy, for sure. And, and the practice here in California is completely different. Tell me about your practice here. Yeah, well, for starters, uh, when I walked into it, it was 34 years old and had never had a facelift or update. Ah, pretty. (laughs) New wallpaper and um, carpet in the ops. And the waiting room chairs were that material that's like slick nylon. (laughs) Germ-resistant fabric, you know (laughs) That was, you know, stained from 30 years of use. Uh, every, all, the, all the wood trim was, you know, that classic oak. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh. So that's the scene. And I came in and I didn't, I didn't expect much. I'll, I had really funny goals when I started this. I said, uh, you know, I just, wanna, I just want the production to get to, you know, this, this specific amount and I will just be low key and I'll work my three days a week and just be happy with that and spend my extra days with family and friends and, you know, doing fun stuff. And uh, that practice only was only a network with one insurance company. And, you know, the, the pace was a lot slower, you know, when I was first there, you know, I was seeing four to seven patients in a day, and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time reading books, you know, in between patients, stuff like that. So, very different. And the practices have grown a little bit since. Yeah, well, that's been the main problem. In my mind, I thought I was just going to put it on cruise control and sail off into the sunset. And I could work three days a week till I'm 100 years old, right? That's no problem. So, that was my game plan. Uh, but... I, I knew I wanted to do more implants because, you know, those are fun, challenging cases. I like doing them. So I started kind of advertising for those. I knew I wanted to do some more ortho because I find those cases to be rewarding. I, I like to do Invisalign. I like to do six-month braces, all that stuff. And so I, you know, put up some ads, kind of got some stuff going, and then totally, uh, like, blew the roof off the thing, <laughs> sort of accidentally. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say accidentally. I, it just it just happened organically, you know. I wanted to do implants. I like I like doing implants, and so I I know how to do I know how to do them, and I know how to get people in the door who need them. And that is a blessing and a curse because now the practice is overwhelmed, uh, and we had to. I just recently today brought an associate on board and that was not in the cards. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be by myself and stay small and not have to deal with any other humans or personalities, just live in my little shell. Um, but that, that wasn't to be my schedule is booked out six weeks. 
um, I can't even get the people in for consults who are writing in and saying, I want to do an all on four and start as soon as possible. I can't even fit them on my schedule. So how, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of dumb, right? <laughs> so yeah, we're making some changes. And now, you know, I certainly am not trying to replicate what I did in Albuquerque. I don't want to be extended hours. I don't want to do Saturdays. I'm not signing up for insurances. I'm not doing free giveaways. I'm not doing $25 new patient exams. Uh, I'm not riding off copays, but uh, I needed another doctor to fill in the gaps. And I found a guy who's, who's perfect because he's just easygoing, low key and a people person. Uh, So he's going to help me, you know, take care of a lot of the bread and butter dentistry, take care of hygiene checks and emergencies and I'll, I'll get to spend more of my time uh, doing, you know, implants, sedations, and ortho, which is what I want to do anyway. So it works out great. It is. And, and it sounds like you use those high-value um, procedures, those niche procedures to build your practice. In fact, I seem to remember you say something along the lines of riches are in the niches, bitches, right? So well, I would never <laughs> say something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So let me ask you a question. Your focus um, in your practice on dental implants, all on force and, and Invisalign, six months braces, veneers. Um, I've heard you say that because of that focus, you're able to, um, you know, maintain the optimal life work balance. Explain that. Well, yeah, as I said, I, I work a three day work week and what I've been doing is rotating the days I work. So I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one week, and then I don't go back to work till the following Wednesday. And I work Wednesday, Thursday, and a half day Friday. So it's three days, one week, two and a half days the next week, and then go back to work on Monday. And so what it ends up doing is I have a six day weekend every other weekend. Can you call that a weekend or is that just a week off? I think it's probably a long weekend. (laughs) Yeah. So a six day weekend, which affords, you know, when you have six free days. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to travel? You want to take road trips? You want to go camping? You want to go biking, surfing, skiing, hiking, um, go to some continuing ed? You know, life life starts to, your life changes when you start having time, right? And this is something we've talked about a lot, right? Is riches of money and riches of time. Well, the riches of money come and go, but the time you can't get back. That's right. That's right. Especially, you know, you have um, um, a family and and you have hobbies and, and, um, you know, you want to be able to be there. Not only you want to work when you're at work, but then you want to go home and be fully present, not just be there, you know, doing laundry next to your kids, but really, uh, you know, have experiences and them having experiences with you. Totally. hundred percent. So on these days, on days like today, I mean, today's a Thursday took my kids to school, picked them up from school. We're going to go to the candy store later, get some really sugary treats. I mean, this is this, and they're, they're nine, seven and five right now. And, you know, I can't get these years back and I hate the idea of only seeing them on the weekends and right before bedtime. So these days, these days are special for us. That's very cool. Now you also say that you focus on high value niche procedures, allow you to have less stress at the office um, less headaches. Now for me, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm doing an all in fours, which I'm not, but cause it's, I find it stressful, but why is it not stressful? Why, why does it reduce stress? Well, so here's an example. Uh, well, for starters, learning to do a procedure 
like an all on four can be stressful. So let's get very clear about that. It is, it is a big procedure. It's a surgery that can take you three to six hours, depending on how fast you are and how complicated it is. Uh, and you're really taking someone apart and putting them back together. Uh, and that's major. So the, the learning curve is, is very challenging. But once you have it, and once you have some confidence and you've gotten some reps under your belt and some good training, um, to give you an idea and people can, you know, figure this out on their own, but on a Thursday, which are my surgery days, I'll go in and either do one arch for $25,000, or two arches for $50,000 or more. Uh, and that's the only patient I see that day. Right. I don't, I don't do my hygiene checks. I just sit in one operatory, uh, and spend four five, six, seven hours, doing a surgery, which at this point, it's not a stressful surgery for me. I, I enjoy the process. I like taking out teeth. I like putting in implants. I like getting things lined up. Um, and so if you can do $50,000 in a day on one patient, you know, that's not that stressful. If, so go back to my Albuquerque days to, to get to $50,000 on a typical PPO kind of volume thing like a good day is for us where you know $10,000 and so that's a week's worth and in that week it was you know two full columns you know maybe you're seeing 20 patients on the doctor side and doing you know 15 hygiene checks in a day right you definitely do a lot less running around and and uh, and I think that I mean I I know for sure that once you do enough procedures, your stress level, your confidence and, and your ability goes up and your stress level goes down. So from that perspective, the more you do, the less stress. A lot of dentists uh, do maybe one or two implants a month or an Invisalign case here and there. How would they go from doing these cases occasionally to becoming a practice that's focused on this type of dentistry? That's a super good question and something that's been on my mind actually just in the last three days. I've been reading a Tony Robbins book, which I've never been a Tony Robbins guy, but his, he, I mean, he gets into some really neat things about passion and dedication. Uh, and one of the things that's occurred to me is in the last three, four, five years since I've been kind of lecturing and, um, you know, meeting other dentists who focus on kind of specialized procedures, implant, sedation, ortho, whatever it is, the ones who are doing well at it and really have made it their niche seem to be really, really drinking the Kool-Aid on how that procedure can impact someone's life. They really believe it. Yes. I believe there's a lot of dentists who do implants and who do ortho who it's just another tool in their tool bag and they like to do it and it's all good and well, but they, they haven't necessarily fully committed to this idea that an implant is a life-changing tool. It's a life-changing procedure and getting your teeth straight is absolutely a life altering, um, you know, transition and, and getting veneers and, and all these things. Um, <clears throat> and so all these dentists who seem to be doing really well, I believe they believe in themselves. They believe that what they're doing is life-changing. And so they've developed a passion for it. And their patients who they talk to, whether it's existing patients or new patients, sense that. 
they get a sense for, oh, this, this guy's really into this. Um, and so that's, that's sort of just a mental thing. That doesn't necessarily bring people in the door, but that's where it starts. Right. I, could, I could turn you on an all on four campaign tomorrow, Gina, right? And you would meet yeah. the first person and do you think they would do it with you? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if they would, but I don't think you would feel like it was a good idea. Right? No. <laughs> and, and I think that would show through, right? Um, so it starts with really believing in what you're doing and really believing in the power of, of the procedures that we do, that they can alter people's lives. I don't think you can fake it. No, you can't. And you know what I have, Shelly, I can completely relate because after hearing Howard Ferran say for years that ortho is just glue and rubber bands, I decided that I was going to do ortho. And I actually ended up doing a lot of ortho in my practice. I finished over a hundred cases just to realize that I really don't like doing ortho. Because <laughs> it's just gluing rubber bands, Because right? it's just gluing rubber bands, exactly. And so I, I, I think you're right. I think you really do need to have the passion for it. And, and even just reading some of your marketing materials, it, it's, it's, not, it's just there's so emotion in those materials. It's not just, oh, you know, we could give you, you know, a thousand dollars off your next uh, set of dentures. You know, it's, it's really like you, when you read this, it's, it's very powerful. And yeah. I, I actually wanted to start talking to you about this. You and um, Dr. Eric Jones and uh, uh, Dr. Nate Geel created uh, something called dental authority marketing. Um, tell me, tell me about it. I mean, first, first of all, how did you come across this idea how what was the what were the discoveries that you've made um along the way and how how this all came about yeah well you know nate and eric and i all got connected via graham back in i guess it was 2013 or 14 yeah and we we discovered we were reading the same books and we were trying, and some of them by a guy named Dan Kennedy, who's heavily involved in direct response marketing. Uh, another one by a guy named Perry Marshall, who's been, you know, really into digital marketing. Uh, and, and we were kind of all trying things and experimenting with different things. And we realized, you know, we're all doing the same stuff, but we're all paying for it to be developed independently. So essentially we just started doing shared best practices between the three of us. Uh, you know, Eric had been working on some different um, digital funnels and Nate had had some different things going on and I had, and I had my other stuff going on and we just started putting it all together and uh, combined it and realized, man, we got something really powerful. Right. And then it was, you know, a couple of friends, Hey, can you guys, you know, show us how to do it? And we said, yeah, sure. And, you know, we start, you know, explaining the process and walking people through it. And then it became, Hey, can you just do this for me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, dentists would much rather write the check, right. right. Than, than, um, than do it themselves. And so we thought, okay, well, crap, you know, can we do this for someone? Uh, and that's a good story in itself because that, that took us a couple tries to figure out, what that looks like because when you start trying to do marketing for another dentist, I can't just take what I'm doing and write Gina Dorfman on it and expect right. that to work because you have a different voice than me uh, and you have a different practice than me. Um, and you're, I might be comfortable 
poking somebody's sore spot about being embarrassed about something or being frustrated about something. I might, I might be a little more aggressive while you have a bigger heart than me. You might say, no, I can't have an advertisement that might, might make someone question, you know, how they're feeling or something. So there's, there's such a range of, of, um, you know, what's okay for different dentists and how our voice is and what we offer in our practice. For example, I do free consults. I'll do free consults from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. I don't care. And half those people may or may not show up and I still don't care because I'm busy anyway. And if half of the people who do show up, uh, you know, if half of those end up in treatment, cool. You know, that's, uh, those numbers might not look good, but another dentist might look and have six consults on, on his schedule and only two show up. And he, all he feels is that four failed. So right. in that case, you know, maybe free consults aren't the way to go because it's messing with his, you know, psyche because he feels like people aren't showing up and the staff's depressed about it. So um, it's been a learning process and a neat experience to get to say, okay, well, we have these great techniques. We know they work. How do we now scale this? to someone else. And we've, you know, we've been able to work with some, some of our close friends on it, which is really neat because these are guys who understand that we're, uh, we're experimenting and trying different things. And so that's been a a real blessing. And here we are two and a half years later after hatching all of this. uh, And we've got a really cleaned up program. Uh, We teach a two day seminar. And in that two days, we essentially teach a dentist how to do it themselves. You show up, we're showing you everything. We're showing you the ropes. Um, And we also offer our services. If you don't want to do it yourself, here's how we're going to help you and do it with you. We we don't like to say we're going to do it for you. I don't like the idea that, you know, you just write me a check and I just do everything because that's not how it works. Um, Because it's so personalized, you have to be engaged. And so we say we do it with you. And so it becomes a, a sort of a partnership where, we're going back and forth with you. We're editing ads. We're editing landing pages. We're creating self-authored books. All these different pieces, but they have to reflect you. So it's not just an off-the-shelf, you know, okay, here's the plan. You plug it in. Go for it. If it was that simple, it would be nice, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, not nothing nice is that simple, right? No. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. What makes dental authority marketing different? It's not Chris ad. It's not, you know, dental postcards. It's not. What makes it different? Why does it work? Well, so it's, it's specifically designed for setting you up as a, as a regional or local expert for a given procedure. And, and the procedures that we always say are, dental implants, uh, you know, people who are, have missing teeth or loose dentures or broken down teeth, um, for cosmetics, people who have, uh, you know, been putting off dentistry or they hate how their smile looks. And, and that goes hand in hand with orthodontics too. people who, you know, they have crowding or gaps, whatever. Um, so it's these elective procedures that are almost always a cash paying situation. You know, this isn't, people don't expect their insurance, uh, to cover it or anything like that. Right. Um, and so we, we want to set you up as, as an authority in your marketplace for a given procedure, and we can teach you how to do that, or we can do that with you. So I don't know that there's, if, if there's another company doing what we're doing, I haven't heard of them. Uh, and if I had heard of them, I would have just signed up to do it with them instead of reinventing the wheel myself. I never had a goal or desire to be involved in marketing and (laughs) <laughs> you know, having this side business was never, it was never by design. Um, we, it kind of became something we had to do 
because we had the information and other people wanted it. And so now we, we give away a lot of it and we teach people and we help other people who want us to help them. This is awesome. I um, heard you guys speak for the first time at the last uh, Practice on Fire in San Diego. And um, honestly, you know, there's an expression, mind blown. And that was that kind of experience. You know, I was, well, that's not quite true. I I heard you uh, speak at a previous Practice on Fire when, um, and that was Miami. Miami. and. And that was really great because that was kind of the beginning of, of, of what you talked about at the last um, meeting. And it's really, it's, it's completely, it's different ideas. It's, it's, marketing has never been presented, at least to me, in that way. Whenever, whenever I've, I, I thought of dental marketing, I'm always thinking, you know, postcards, coupons, free whitening. And, and of course, you know, when we get these patients you know, these are the headache patients that we complain about. These are the Yelp review patients, right? Mm-hmm. These, are the, these are the patients that, um, you know, they, they flip if uh, there is a balance of $20 on their account after their insurance um, pays because we've misestimated it. And so I can definitely see how this kind of uh, marketing would also not only bring you those high value patients, but also help you with stress reduction and, um, um, you know, kind of different lifestyle and life work balance. So I'm, I'm very excited. Are you going to be speaking at the practice on fire again this year? Yeah, it's, uh, it's May in Miami again. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'll be speaking. Are you speaking there? I am speaking there. Well, excellent. Hopefully I'll go on not right after you because (laughs) I don't like to look bad. (laughs) As long as you sound good. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm speaking at that. And you know what the last point you made, I just wanted to follow that up. The, the type of marketing that we do and, and what we're trying to teach and show other people is very much not for the masses. Not 90% of general dentists get to be known for a niche. Otherwise, you know, it, it it's, be a niche. it's not a niche anymore. And the reality is, is 90% of general dentists either don't want to or won't take the time to follow this advice anyway. But for those select few who this resonates with, this absolutely is a game changer because we were just taught to be dentists and that includes fillings, that includes extracting teeth, that includes, you know, checking hygiene. It's a, I mean, the plan was written for us and now I'm diverging from that plan now that my eyes have been opened. Um, But for many people that plan's okay. And the last thing I ever want is to think that, is for dentists to think that I have a low esteem of general dentistry because that's absolutely not the case. And if every general dentist decided they wanted to only do implants and nothing else, well, you know, we'd be hosed. People couldn't get their teeth fixed. So general dentistry is awesome and amazing and the dentists who embrace it are great. But for those select few who, uh, you know, maybe want to do something a little different with their career or they have a certain passion for something, this is the way to go 100%. There's not a better way to do the rest of your career because you can work less, you can earn more, you can do procedures on people who value what you do. They're grateful for it. They're hugging you. They're sending you gifts because you helped change their life. Um, and you're doing procedures that you have fun with instead of, crap, another you know endo on 15. Kill me, right? Right. <laughs> so um, so th- that's, that's worth noting. And then, you know, you talked about, well, other, other marketing companies 
are set up for the masses, for people who want a lot more new patients in their practice of all shapes and sizes. And, and I did that, and that's okay. Uh, certainly earned a good living, certainly met a lot of people, had a good practice. Um, but this is, this is a little unique. Um, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay <laughs> being different. <clears throat> This is excellent. I, I, I love uh, that you um, made this point. And, and I think it really goes back to, you know, living the kind of life that makes you happy. And if you have interest in doing those specialized procedures, um, you know, more than one or two times a month, then you really need to change uh, the way you do marketing. And, and it's just, it, it kind of becomes part of the long-term vision. I, I talk about it at my presentations where you create this, you know, vision of what your practice is going to be like three years from now. And if you make that vision that you're going to be known as the go-to guy for implants in the, in your area, like you are, then, you know, that decides on the kind of training you get on the kind of instruments you get, the kind of practice you build Mm-hmm. And the kind of marketing that you do. Totally. That's, that's all part of that uh, complete vision. So uh, you, when are your workshops? Uh, if anyone is interested in um, attending one of your workshops, uh, where can they find you? Uh, what dates? Yeah, so coming right up, and I don't know when we'll get this podcast online, but on uh, February 8th and 9th, we're in Scottsdale. And if you live in a cold state... What better place to go than Scottsdale, Arizona in February? I know if you're in Wisconsin or Minnesota or back east and hearing me, you should, you should be considering a, a road trip. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we'll be in Washington, D.C. in May. We'll be in Chicago in August. Uh, and then I think actually we're back in Miami in the fall. So if you want to look up any of that, our website is dentalauthoritymarketing.com. And uh, on there, you can you can uh, kind of look into a little bit more about what we're about, and you can see links to those different events. And I I love doing them. We don't make any money off of these events. I mean, we show up. Have you put on an event in a hotel room ever, like a conference room? No. It's like seventy five dollars a head for breakfast that includes coffee and like muffins. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Well, I've had a wedding, so... <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's the same thing. You know, so, you know, essentially what it is, we like doing this, we love talking about it, we like traveling, and me and Eric and Nate like hanging out, so we decided we're going to keep doing these and, and keep trying to get the word out, and, the, and like I said, the people who this resonates with, their, their practice and their career uh, get to change. You know, yeah, and that's worth it for me, and that's fun. And we maybe someday I'll make a couple bucks off it, but uh, till then we're just going to keep on, you know, uh, shouting our message from the rooftops. This is awesome. You know, I was just thinking the other day that uh, Graham really has the special talent because he pulled a bunch of people together and said, "Okay, you're going to be all in my mastermind group," and we've just become such close friends over time. And, and you guys, uh, you know, created the business out of it. And, and uh, uh, Mike and, and Graham are putting on life events. I mean, this is just, you know, he has a special touch, a Midas touch. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I'm so grateful to have uh, gotten in touch with all you guys. And then the fact, the fact that they decided to do that first live event in San Antonio changed everything because before that it was just a message board and we just kind of commented here and there on each other's 
questions and that's as far as it went. But as soon as we all got to know each other and it, and it kind of blossomed into, um, you know, something where, wow, cool. Now we have lifelong friends who are our colleagues who can offer a lot of support, a lot of advice, uh, clinically practice management wise, and even, you know, into our personal lives and what we're doing, raising our kids and navigating relationships. And so what a, what a neat thing. Absolutely. Well, this was a really fun talk. I know that our time is almost up and, and uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day off. <laughs> I guess today is not one of the, um, the surgical Thursdays or every other week. So every other. Yeah. The other week. So enjoy the rest of your week. I know you will um, have fun and we'll see. I'll, I'll see you at the Oasis of Dentistry and, and then we'll see you in Scottsdale again for your workshop. Perfect. Thank you, Gina. Great to talk Bye. to you. Great talking to you, Tim.